sorrows are going to come to you. How do you handle sorrow? Do you look for distractions? Um, do you just try not to think about it? Do you dive deep into it and just roll around in it? How do you handle sorrow? This is important because of this. Um, sometimes when sorrow happens, we think that, okay, this is just for a time. We're going to get through this, and then we're going to go on to the next good thing. But if you've lived life for a while, maybe you've discovered by now, as soon as you get through one, guess what's waiting behind door number two? Another sorrow. Now, I don't want to discourage you because I've got good news for you. Um, and the good news is that you are able to experience joy in the midst of sorrow. Why is that good news? Because the creator of the world declared to us that in this life, you will have trouble. It's not going anywhere. And if you focus on how do I get this trouble out of my life, you are going to be miserable or you are going to be the person in so much denial that people don't even know what to do with you. You are going to have sorrow. But here's the good news. The Son of God who walked this earth absolutely sinless, who, who loved people around him perfectly, who loved God perfectly, Isaiah 53 declares he was a man of sorrows. He was a man of sorrows. Now when you hear that, that can sound depressing and discouraging, but here's the good news. He knew freedom and joy and peace like you and I have never experienced. But if you've experienced Jesus, you've experienced a portion of that peace. And the good news is, you just tasted a portion. There is so much more there. But how do we taste that? How do we taste that joy? Well, there's a couple of different things, but first of all, we don't get focused on the sorrow. We don't get focused on it. We focus our eyes on the Lord, and that's one of the things that the Lord wants to do with the sorrow. Because here's the reality. We look for things in this life to try and bring us joy. But I've got a secret for you. The secret is there is nothing in this life that is going to give you joy like the Lord. It is all going to disappoint you. I mean, you may accomplish things that you dream about for years. And when you do, it's a good feeling. And it's good to have goals and all that and to strive for things. But when you accomplish that thing, i got to tell you, I've been there. And you go and you look around and you say, huh, now what? Oh, look, there's something else. Let's go for that. This is the one. Well, if you've lived a little bit of life, you've probably discovered it's not going to fill you in the way that you're longing for. But the good news is, is that Jesus can. And here's the other good news. You know what sorrows can do? They can point you to Him. Because what it does is, it causes you to say, huh, this life isn't going to fulfill me. And the other thing that it can do is that it can point out idols in your life. Sorrows can point out idols in your life. Even things that are good. 
For instance, um, I've, I've shared with you numerous times that I lost uh, a spiritual father. Someone who poured into me for years and years and years. And in many ways, I had become so dependent on him. He was such a blessing. And when he passed away unexpectedly, I found myself just reeling inside. I didn't know what to do. Lord, how do I go on? Why would you do this to me? You gave me this and then you took it away. Why didn't you just not even give it to me if you were going to take it away? But here's one of the things that he showed me through it. I had taken a blessing, something that was good, something that God gave me, and I had actually made an idol out of it. What's that mean? That means that I raised it to a place that only God belonged. Because here's the truth. I don't need other people. God gives me other people as blessings, but I don't need other people. You know who I need? I need the Lord. That's right. And so, you know, even our spouse, we're called to love our spouse. But even our spouse, we're not called to lift up to the place of God. Only God is to take that place. And that's how we find joy. I'm going to look at a scripture this morning that talks a little bit about this. It's in the Gospel of John. Gospel of John chapter 16. And what we're going to find here is some of the words of Jesus as he was talking to his disciples. And he had just given them some sad news. He'd given them some sad news. And it was genuinely sad. Um, and this, uh, this wasn't going to be the last time that they heard sad news. But the good news is that in the midst of this, he tells them how to have abundant joy. Abundant joy. They don't have to uh, uh, wait on it. And now, they're, they're, I mean, when we go through sorrows, I mean, there is a shock factor that, that we go through. Um, and, and there's no way to protect ourselves from that. Uh, and maybe you're one of those people. You go through a sorrow and you're like, I am never going through that again. I'm going to protect myself from that, you know. I'm not going to open my heart up to people. I'm not going to get involved in this over here. Well, good luck with that. Because it just doesn't work. Uh, There's sorrow everywhere. And again, it's part of God's design because it's meant to drive you closer to Him, which is where you find true joy. When you read through uh, some of the letters of the New Testament, you'll read through people like Paul and Peter. And guess what? They're sitting there writing about joy in the Lord, and they're sitting in a prison. And it's not like the fancy ones that we got now. These were like actual prison. But you know what? They weren't lying either. They felt genuine joy. Why? Because no matter where you go, it it can't keep God out. God is always there. No matter where you go, He is there. You cannot get away from Him. And so you are able to experience joy. But hear this, you must choose it. You must choose it because you can choose to focus on the sorrow. You can choose to dwell on it and say, oh, why did this happen? And how could I have done something different? And, you know, on and on it goes. Or you can take your eyes 
And you can look to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I don't, I don't understand all this. If there's something that you want to say to me, Lord, that I need to do different, please do that. Um, but I'm going to focus my eyes and heart on you, and I, I'm going to be open to you to share anything, but I'm not going to focus on this. I'm not going to focus on this thing because that would make an idol out of it. I'm going to focus on you. So, in chapter 16, um, Jesus had been telling them that he wasn't going to be with them. He was there, but then he's not. Then in verse 19, he says this, Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it, so he said, Are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, in a little while, you won't see me. But in a little while after that, you will see me again. And here's what he's talking about. He's walking with them, all right? And their lives have been radically changed because they've met Jesus. And they've been going with Jesus and doing ministry. And they're seeing people healed. And they're seeing demons cast out. And it's just amazing. And they're like, life is great. And now he's saying to them, hey, it's about to change. It's going to take a wicked turn, but I want you to know this. I'm coming back and you're going to see me again. So he's setting them up and he's preparing them. It goes on and it says, verse 20, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. And then he gives an example of that. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. God has designed it so that a woman would go through suffering and then from that, a joy of a child would come about. Well, you may never have a baby, but you are not going to escape the sorrows of this world. You are going to go through things. What are those things going to be? I don't know. But you are going to go through them. They're going to be unexpected. Um, uh, they're going to be like nothing you've ever experienced. They're going to be intense. But hear this. Notice in there that it talked about joy. It talked about abundant, overwhelming joy that can come about. Wonderful joy. It will your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Know this. That what you are going through, just like the labor that a woman goes through in giving birth, it is meant to bring out a wonderful joy. But, but what about this? I mean, I, I, I don't know how many of you have seen labor or so on, but I can remember Nikki several times. Um, and I can remember that there were times where she wanted to give up. <laughs> I mean, it's so intense. I mean, uh, Montana... Okay, she had the biggest head. I mean, that head did not want to come out. They had to put suction on it, you know. Uh, and Nikki is working her tail off, and she's down to nothing. There is nothing left, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, is this going to happen? What's, I mean, what do we do next? What if? What if she had just given up? I mean, seriously. What if she just gave up and said, 
oh man, this is, this is crazy. I didn't know how hard this was going to be. I, I don't think I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop. What if she didn't get to experience the joy that God was about to give her? God wants to give you joys. Hear this. You're going through sorrows and you're like, what, what is this about? Because you had expectations. You see, and that's what it was all about for the disciples. They had expectations. Their expectation was not that the guy who came and was delivering people of demons and healing was going to die himself. That wasn't the expectation. The expectation was life's going to get better and better and better. He's going to become king. Uh, we're going to get rid of all these oppressors and life's just going to get good. And then wham, he's gone. And they're like, what just happened? Well, your life is the same in many ways. You've had things that have happened and you're going to have things that are going to happen. And you're going to be like, what just happened? And you've got a couple choices. You can stop and lay down. That's what Peter wanted to do. For those of you who've read it, what did Peter do after Jesus died? He just ran away. Well, I guess I'll go back to doing what I was doing. This whole Jesus thing didn't work out for me. God had to go after him. And when he came back to the Lord, what happened? God used him in powerful ways. And, and, and being used in powerful ways is not what it's about. It's about knowing Jesus. That's what it's about. And when you know Jesus, you know joy. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the inner turmoil that you're going through. Because that's the thing. You know, we go through things, and we may go through things physically and whatever, but it's the inner turmoil that we go through that nobody sees. You know, like uh, Shane was talking about trying to focus on the Lord, and, you know, your brain's like... It's that kind of stuff that nobody sees uh, and they, they don't understand. Nobody. But you know what? The Lord does. And the Lord is able to work in the midst of those things. And you are able, if you choose, to give them over to Him. And He wants to use it. He wants to use it to drive you to Him because He knows that He can give you joy. But you've got to choose it. So Jesus was telling them this because they were going to have to make a choice. Uh, they, they were going to weep and mourn. They, they were going to be shell-shocked and stunned. They weren't going to know what to do when suddenly Jesus died, even though he had told them about it. You know, and that's the other thing. I'm sitting here and I'm telling you about this, and I can remember being younger and people telling me things like this, and they're like, life's not going to go the way you think. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, old man. I got it all laid out. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be a rodeo champion right here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got it all together. I, I got, and if plan A doesn't work, I got plan B and plan C. Uh, this wasn't any of those plans right here. In my life, none. None of it. it, it none of those plans. But I got to tell you, in the midst of it, God is so good. Because here's what He's done. It's not about what He's given me in this life. Although He's given me immense blessings, it's about knowing Him. That's what He's done. He's allowed me to know Him more and more. And He's allowed me to know what it is to be carried by Him. And what a joy that is. That, that, that life isn't dependent on me making things happen and walking in my own strength. Because I've found I don't have much. I really don't. I've found that I, am, I, I, I will self-destruct without the Lord. 
But the Lord uses it to show me joy. He wants to do the same for you. Verse 22. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. Hear that. No one can rob you of that joy. You know that person at work that you keep thinking about? You can't believe what they did to you. And you can't believe they're getting away with it. Not only are they getting away with it, they're getting promoted. And you just think about it over and over and over. Well, guess what? They can't take your joy. They can't do it. You can give it to them. But they can't take it. There's nothing in this life. The things that have been taken away from you, it cannot take your joy away. You know, I, I was sharing about my spiritual father. And, you know, when I'm uh, uh, mowing, my mind goes all kinds of different places. And I oftentimes will find myself thinking about Jonathan, my spiritual father. I'll find myself thinking about my own physical father. I find myself thinking about my grandfather. These were all people very instrumental in my life that I loved dearly, and they're gone. And you know what? I still feel sorrow for it. But you know what? It doesn't take my joy because my joy is in the Lord. You, I, no matter what is taken away from you, you can be sorrowful for it, but that doesn't have to take your joy away. You can still have joy in the midst of it. You can mourn something that has happened to you. Something that uh, you thought was going to take place and it didn't take place. You can mourn that. I mean, I still mourn the fact that I, I'm not the rodeo champion I thought I was going to be. I mean, we, my wife and kids took me to a rodeo recently and I'm looking out there like, I could have been that guy. Why didn't it happen? But you know what? I have joy, though. I don't need that for joy. You can have sorrow and still have joy because your joy is in the Lord. Verse 23, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask. Using my name, the name of Jesus, and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Here's what they didn't see. Something was about to be stripped from them. The, 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 the God of the universe that was in flesh and living among them that they were able to walk with was about to be stripped from them. But what they didn't understand is that because he was stripped from them, what he was going to do and accomplish was going to make it so that the Holy Spirit could live within them and they would have direct access to the Father and to be able to use the name of Jesus and have abundant joy through it. I mean, it was one thing to walk with him. I mean, that would be awesome. But you know what I've got? I've got Holy Spirit right here. I've got God right here, all because of what Jesus did. So again, um, no matter what's going on in your life, because of what Jesus has done, you're able to have abundant joy, but you must choose it. And it's only in the name of Jesus, by the way. There, there's no other God, no other name. It is only in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, you are able to have abundant joy. But you must ask. 
You must choose that and you must ask and then you must follow in the path that He leads because that's where abundant joy is. Don't say to the Lord, Lord, I know you told me not to go this way. I'm going to keep on going it because I like it. But would you please give me abundant joy as I keep going this way? No, that's not how it works. When you call on the name of Jesus, you're calling on the name of the king. The king, the one in control. The one in control that says, son, daughter, go this way. Keep your eye on me, go this way, and I'm going to give you abundant joy. You see, what I've found is that joy isn't in the paths that I thought it was. Because I had in my head what would make me happy in life. And those are the things that God kept shutting down. And it was so frustrating, like, God, that's my happiness. You just took it away. Well, he knew that wasn't my happiness. And he kept telling me, son, go this way. That ain't no happiness over there. I mean, he tells you, he may tell you to go to some other country where they don't have comforts like we got. And you're like, what, God? Well, let me tell you, and you've heard me tell you this before. I have seen God and felt God and experienced God in some of the most uncomfortable countries that I've ever been in. Where people don't respect your space. You don't have air conditioning and the things you're eating. Mm. But I'm experiencing God and I'm finding joy like I can't in a five-star resort. And I've been to them. And it's not about that. It's about the Lord. I want to read one more verse all the way down on the bottom. Verse 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. One of the things that he mentioned in the beginning is that they would mourn, but the world would rejoice. And that's hard to see because um, there are, and this is, this is hard and this is sick, okay? But there are people who are going to rejoice in your mourning. That's hard. I mean, that, that puts something inside of you that causes you to want to hurt somebody <laughs> uh, or just lock up. But it's real. People will rejoice over your mourning. But here's what you need to know in the midst of that. Jesus has overcome it all. He's overcome them. He's overcome it all. And if they're rejoicing in your mourning, they're not following the Lord. The Lord is going to deal with all of that. And so you don't need to get locked up in it. It's sad. It's hard. Okay? But I don't need to get locked up in pursuing somebody and trying to make somebody's life miserable because they rejoiced in my mourning. I can let the Lord have it. It's only going to take me down. And I can... Focus my eyes on the Lord, knowing that, Lord, even though, um, you know, this was the enemy's doing, you're able to take this and you are able to produce joy in me as I focus upon you. You see this all throughout Scripture. You know, the, the enemy would use people to bring about this negative stuff and God would take it and turn it around and make something beautiful out of it. He's able to do that, but will you let him? Here's the thing. He does it all. You don't have to do it, but you've got to choose. So what are you going to do? Are you going to keep distracting yourself? Are you going to focus on the sorrow itself? Are you going to keep telling yourself it's going to get better someday? Are you going to keep working that plan to try and make it better? 
Are you going to focus on the Lord and say, you got this, God. I can have joy right now. I'm going to focus on you. I pray that you'll make that choice because it's available right now. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to have joy even in the midst of sorrow, Lord. Um, And and thank you that you love us. Uh, your, Your word declares that you have no favorites. You love us all, Lord, and you see us. Thank you that we can come to you and we can confess because you already know. And you embrace us when we do that, Lord. And thank you, you've already paid the price for it all. We don't have to fear that, Lord. I pray that each one here, Lord, would take a step towards you today. That whatever it is that has been consuming their attention, Lord, that they would refocus it on you and they would find the joy that you want to give them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand, we're going to enter.